0: Everyone, and welcome to the Shape of a Star podcast, where everyone has a story. We just need to shape it so that we're the star or something like that. Because if you got this far in the listening, you know that this is a very casual, hey, we're just here show, sharing cool stories about cool people. So today I have on a kind of just sort of very busy guest that goes by Chime Time. And I will let him introduce himself to all of you. Everyone, welcome. Chime time. Hey, it's Chime time.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that what you say in all your videos?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good intro. Like, uh, my name is, like, self-explanatory. Uh, like, I just chime in at the right time. That's how I got the name anyway. Uh, it oh. seems kind of cosmic. Yeah, it's, it's, it works for me. Very much so.
0: You're on the shape of a star. Like, cosmic is fine. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel I fit right in. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. Okay, so because I know you have a million side hustles that I screw up all the time, do you want to tell the world what exactly you do? Because you're always doing something.
1: Okay, so I'm involved in so many things. Like, I grew up near a racetrack in Englishtown, New Jersey, and uh, I went for racing and. It kind of got me into uh, expressing myself in all different ways and methods to people from traveling all around the world. So I became very outgoing and it led me to a life of travel and adventure. And from there, I picked up so many things. I went to like so many different music festivals and uh, found different cultures and somehow took up card reading, which I've been recently getting into. And I mean, like I've, I've gone to college uh, and I work as an architect for the United States federal government. Uh, I didn't so even know that. The General <laughs> Services Administration. Yeah, I know. So I do have like a very professional side. But then uh, outside of that, I travel around the country a lot, making a lot of different friends, growing my network and just doing these card readings for people that I feel familiar with. And um, it's a cool form of like community service, you know. Like it's like a nice thing to to give give people. I don't charge money or anything like that. Uh, I typically only do it for my friends. So if you didn't know that, now you do. And um, it's what I'm really prideful about at the moment, even during uh, COVID.
0: <laughs> well, there's some phrase about pride and the fall, but that's not the message I'm going for because it's something you should be happy about. because when Chime Time says his network is strong people, so it's also no secret, everyone that comes on the show I knew beforehand, almost, there's one person that I'm very excited about, because I just... It was a shot in the dark based on a TikTok video, but (laughs) Like Chime Time rivals my network. It is amazing how you are everywhere and anywhere at the same time. And, And I just... It's amazing because the joke that I've always had in my family is we have such a big family that there's nowhere I could have ran away to that we didn't know someone or was related to someone. And it was been like a 12 year long game. Like when I was through all through school, I was like, can I run here? And they're like, no, we know someone that lives an hour outside the city. Sure. Oh, well, but yeah, because I don't know. Easy enough to say my mom has 36 first cousins. And everyone else has like cousins and cousins because there's just a lot of people. So, yeah, when I say network strong, yours is super, super amazing. Yeah,
1: we met each other through a really cool way. Like uh, it was all through MagFest, which was hard to believe was in 2020, you know, like right before everything shut down. And uh, was it really? Yeah, no, it really was. I thought it was
0: 2019. (laughs)
1: No, no, it was twenty twenty. It was like um, right after New Year's, and I was looking for um, people to hang out with. And then I reached out to you over the internet, and we ran into each other, which was the most amazing experience. Like, yeah, no, you, you can't get can't get away. You're, your family has a lot of presence. Yeah. <laughs> bound to ba- bound to bounce into one of you for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And no, I re- wow, that might blows my mind. We've known each other for over a year and a half. For real, For yeah. Almost a year and a half now, actually. <laughs> but holy cow. But yeah, so you've been going to conventions a while, right?
1: Yeah, uh, since 2009. Uh, yeah, 2009.
0: <laughs> yeah, you beat me. I'm considered a, quote, old convention goer now because I started in 2014.
1: Ooh. <laughs> oh, no, no way. <laughs> that According to old. people,
0: they're like, oh, you're a pro. I'm like, am I? Don't say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been told that. You know, I was told that in Otakon uh, 2010 just because I knew anime pretty well, you know. Uh, I mean, that's like a different type of convention from MagFest. But, uh, you know, like everyone appreciates something, you know. And, and if you mm-hmm. have something that is that appreci- can be appreciated, boom, you got it.
0: You got it and build your network <laughs>
1: off it. Yeah, no, people. for Like, everybody has something to build off Nobody starts with nothing. They always start with a little bit of something.
0: Like, everyone has a story. Yeah. And just commonalities. <laughs> you hear me say it all the time on this podcast. Just believe it, finally, people. Although, if you're listening this far in, I assume you believe it by now. Because, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I thought you raced for a living, uh, okay, so it all started oh, because yeah. you grew up next to a racetrack?
1: Yeah, so I was born in Brooklyn, uh, New York. There's several Brooklyn, apparently. I learned that the hard way. Uh, but my mom lived in New Jersey. Uh, my mom and dad, you know, <laughs> like my dad passed away when I was seven. Uh, so I spent like my misspent childhood or upbringing around the racetrack, and I really like developed the culture. Like, I, I really am a firm believer of that you kind of take in wherever you are or like you are who your friends are or you like pick up qualities on your surroundings. and growing up i was right near the racetrack so i like really took in the culture and um even i mean it took a while everybody it takes a while for everybody to like adjust to whatever growing up and um I'm 31 years old and I finally started uh racing my car this year. I purchased it in 2014 and I've been like working on it little by little, but finally I like bought a helmet and went on the racetrack, like all safe and everything.
0: And this is why I thought you were pro. Everyone, I'm not <laughs> crazy. There were photos, there was a helmet. What am I supposed to expect?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's photographers at the bracket, and they take photos of you, and no matter, like, how entry-level you are, they make you look like a pro. Those guys, thank you so much, all the media of Club Loose, New Jersey.
0: (laughs) Hey. I love how, that's the other thing about, like, another key part of networking that I love that you do, too. I shout everyone out, and I always, like, and here's how I met them, and here's how you could reach out, too. But look at you. You do the same thing. (laughs)
1: i try i really
0: do (laughs) sometimes it's hard for all the people we know
1: (laughs) yeah knowing all those handles and everything like uh
0: so okay i really had no clue you were an architect how'd you end up down that path
1: okay so um i guess okay so this is funny this goes back to preschool basically i had this teacher named um miss gail and she saw that i was like drawing like all different farm animals and farmhouses and she, she really fixated on the farmhouse and she was like hey you're a preschooler you know how to draw houses like already you should grow up to be an architect and i literally took that from to heart and like <laughs> like I, I don't know how old i was but like i say, say 15 years later i finally enrolled in college um I went to a local school called NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology, and I studied for five years how to become an architect. I did it, um, and I've been do- I've been doing it since.
0: That is amazing, because maybe that's why we can network so well, because we knew what we wanted to do when we were super young.
1: It helps. I, I definitely, you know, like I always say, like, um, and it's weird because, like, So I, um, I did architecture where I was drawing for so many years, but then I like transitioned to like a position where I was like overseeing and doing some more management. So like, I always say that, like, it's really good to have vision, but it's also really good to like be able to like re-envision when you need to. So like, it's really, it's really great to have foresight. I think that's why we get along so, so good together. And, um, and everything else. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, foresight. We could just see past everything. I don't know. You get the point, people. No. Uh, so so you're constantly traveling around the world. Where mm-hmm. have you not been that you want to go?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. So um, this is a, like a little bit of a controversial subject. But um, last year I was on a tour with the Ronin Man YouTube channel. And we were, because of COVID, we had a good states that were open. And these states were dic- like like dictated or made it as open based on like safety you know, scenarios or mm-hmm. infection numbers. So last year we traveled filming to 25 states in one wow. year. Wow. Yeah, I know. So majority <laughs> of the states that I've been to were last year. I mean, in total, I've been to 28. A lot of them were repeats, especially in the Northeast. Most of the states I traveled to were in the U.S. American South, like coast to coast, and also the Northeast. So, um, oh, like Route 66. Kind of, I was on there for a little bit. I mean, I, I zigzagged. You know, let me go across the screen, zigzag, and <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been to a lot of states. I, I would definitely recommend um, to people to go to like. Uh, the states I've been, but the states that I haven't been would probably be like the Northeast. Uh, not, not the Northeast, like the Northwest or like even the Midwest, but the North in general, like um, I definitely want to go, I, I, I want to go to Montana. Oh yeah, the Dakotas um, like, I think it's, it's uh, South Dakota is um, like Badlands National Park. I want to go to Grand Teton's National Park. I haven't been to Utah. That's a little far, further south. I want to go to Grand Ladder Escalante National Monument. Um, I mean, everyone says Zion. I, I would say, like, avoid the places that people go to all the time. You know, like, find the stuff that people haven't found yet. That That's what I would recommend.
0: Okay. So, have you been yeah. to Wyoming?
1: No, I haven't been to Wyoming. I heard that there's a lot of wildflowers there, and I'm a huge fan of flowers.
0: Oh, I didn't know you were a flora, a flora enthusiast. I guess the word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flora, a flora entana. enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You're a nature bug. <laughs> Easier way to say it. Absolutely. Uh, no, okay, but like you know, specific things. The only place in the Midwest I kind of half heartedly would maybe one day be dragged to is Omaha. So much random stuff happens in Omaha. So many famous oh, people no come way. from there. And it's like this tiny little place. Because I Googled it after I found out Andrew Rannells was from Omaha. I was like, okay, what's in Omaha other than steaks? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, all these people are from here. It's not that big. Okay, so you're from the tri-state area, too.
1: Wait, wait, hold on. What, what's, what state is Omaha in? It's Nebraska? Nebraska? No way! That sounds so interesting. That's a state I haven't been to.
0: Okay, see people, when he said "sense of
1: wonder," <laughs> and no, and that's exactly, I'm, that's exactly what that's exactly what I'm encouraging you to do is to go to those places. That's a good recommendation.
0: <laughs> but okay, so here's actually another travel tip that you will understand because you're from the tri-state area, or maybe you won't, like me, who doesn't get it. <laughs> Have you heard of the stereotype that I've been tracking for years? I haven't spoken about this yet, people, so tune in. People from New York are friggin' obsessed with Santa Fe, New Mexico.
1: No way. Really?
0: Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Newsies, Rent. There's so many things that are based in New York and they're like, I'm going to go to Santa Fe like there's <laughs> literally songs in Rent and Newsies two of the biggest Broadway musicals of all time called Santa Fe. The whole so, plot
1: Oh my gosh. So let me tell you about my connection to Santa Fe. Um I haven't been to Santa Fe, but growing up, right? Um and this might be a New York thing. We've had like a bunch of like, you know, underneath the Christmas tree, there's like a little choo-choo train and one of these toy train sets say Santa Fe Railroad on there. and uh, yeah no they really do apparently like there's a famous railroad and i've seen some of these trains so i i I flew to um
0: albuquerque's nearest airport
1: no yeah i don't think because i didn't fly to albuquerque but i did go to albuquerque i flew to phoenix last year and i went from phoenix to albuquerque to austin texas and then along the way right going all through new mexico were these like really glorious trains, just like the ones underneath my Christmas tree as 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 a child? And uh, it's so gorgeous out there. I bet you Santa Fe must be really significant because all the trains, like these red nose silver trains, uh, say Santa Fe on them. <laughs> okay, and they're world. really just like that. Yeah, so I I bet there's some childhood inspiration uh, of New Yorkers to go out there. Yeah, I bet
0: something if you know people listening to the world the twos and fours of you that listen maybe or if this blows up hey but if you understand what's up with santa fe please comment below i know it's like a small artsy town it's like a cool place to be in the middle of the desert because i've been to albuquerque too and i literally was like oh everyone's saying why don't you go to santa fe and i was there visiting a friend who's from albuquerque and i was like And I was just, like, cursing because I was so angry back then. I was like, what's in Santa Fe? Blah, 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 Why is this place so special? Because he knew exactly my, like, whole thing. I'm like, what is in Santa Fe? Why does everyone from New York want to go to this place? One of the biggest mysteries of my life.
1: I mean, I would definitely recommend. I mean, I flew into Phoenix. It's really convenient. Uh, But I recently stayed in Sedona for a few, few days, a long weekend. And um, that was so mystical. Just the rocks there and the backdrop behind the city, like uh, definitely would recommend it. It's it's nice. This See, the, but- the desert vibes are just beautiful. Can't go wrong. You
0: were very into that, and you're into nature. I am horrified of nature. I felt like I was oh, no. trapped in Albuquerque because you know how Albuquerque has like a ring of mountains
1: surrounding it. Yeah, I think it was like Mount Maria or something. I tried climbing. I didn't get to the summit, but I got high. <laughs> I was
0: like, because we were driving through Albuquerque, and I'm like, I feel like we're about to get like rock slided. <laughs> the oh, no whole way. time
1: I was there, <laughs>
0: just something about it. I like that was one of the first times I've been landlocked too. Okay, my whole life, and just some. It was that in Vegas. Those are the only two places I've been landlocked.
1: What I will say about Albuquerque is that they had really good chili out there, like the green and red chili, Christmas tree ch- chili, that combination. Mm-hmm so good
0: <laughs> all right people when you're in albuquerque get the chili
1: oh for real yeah it's slightly better than colorado's i know they're really prideful about it in denver but uh new mexico's got you beat I'm sorry
0: <laughs> really denver of all places is like pro chili that's another place that everyone's fleeing to
1: oh i went there in 2005 and i went again uh like i go i used to go every year for new year's um past two or uh or three years. It's so built up. It is so built up. And they're so into uh like weed and marijuana and everything uh that I saw like a, a building that was definitely like it had that like you know hat sombrero shape to it and it was definitely mm-hmm. it used to be a pizza hut and they just painted <laughs> the roof green and turned it to a dispensary. <laughs> yeah that place is so pro weed. Huge 428 celebrations.
0: Yeah, I can imagine because they were like the first place to legalize it too.
1: Oh yeah, I bet. Seriously.
0: At least I hope I'm right. Feel free to correct me in the comments. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you might understand this too. So I've also been to L.A. Huh? And as someone from New York, I was so ready to go to L.A. because I was like, let's find out why people like are such rivals. Like it's it's just another city. Blah blah blah. I didn't even get out of the airport, and I was like, I'm over this.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard that. So I've only ever had layovers there. I had a layover um, on the way to Australia. Um, like, how how was LA? Like, you know, you were over it in a really short time.
0: Okay, so okay, for I was I flew in. I took like an overnight plane, so I got there. It was a weird time, you know, because the whole time zone thing. So it was like mm. bright ass noon, and I t- pulled up my phone because Snapchat was still semi a thing back then. And I just started snapping myself on the airplane. And I was like, I hop off the plane at LAX. And I just like hopped off the plane. Like you can see the like flight attendants laughing and behind me (laughs) because I'm singing it. I waited to be the last person off the plane to do it. So I wouldn't block anyone. But like by the time I got to like the exit for the thing, I was like, I feel dirty. But Uh it was just the desert air. It was like the sand in the desert air. And I was like, what is this? I'm so not used to it. And then like we were driving to the hotel and like, I think my cousin came and picked us up. Who's also from New York too, but she's lived in LA for like 20 years now. And I was like, where are all the people? It's like noon and a Monday. (laughs) Like we're in downtown LA. Where is everyone? And she's like, (laughs) it's not New York. It's half the population and three times the space. And I was just like, what is this place? And yeah, I was just,
1: I, I, yeah. the
0: culture, I was just like, I don't get it. Like when they say that there's like the California chill time and like the pace is just so A hey, whatever. Like, luckily, the real the whole reason I figured this out was because at my hotel, there was a bar restaurant. So I went to the bar restaurant with like the, guy, the person I was traveling with. And so we sat down and the waitress came over. She was so perky, said like all the little, like specials really fast. And I was like, oh my God, you're an actor. Because I was wait, like, she thought
1: this. you're she thought you were an actor?
0: No, I said it to her. Just not oh. thinking. I'm like, oh, you're such an actor because of how fast you memorized it, how perky you were. Like you delivered it great. I would have casted you if I was someone important. But and so I was like, Oh, wait, was that rude? And then like the the hostess walked by, she's like, No, not at all. They're all actors. And then she was telling me, apparently, if you're working in California, like at restaurants and stuff, you submit headshots to be like a waitress. And I was like, "What?" Whoa, and she was like, "Yeah, dream. I just moved here six months ago from New York, and they asked me for my headshot to be a hostess at a bar in a hotel. And she's like, "You know that would not have flow wouldn't fly in New York. And you probably know that too. Imagine asking people, well, you must submit a red headshot.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's like l a has this whole mentality, which also bonkers my mind because Atlanta's like number one for film and media now.
1: Oh man. Yeah, I mean, I've only been to Atlanta during COVID, so it's a totally different show. I mean, some of, some of the things definitely carried over, but like it was a lot emptier, not not as much traffic. How is it? How is it in, in in LA? Was it easy to get around? I just hear how bad the traffic is.
0: Oh my god, it was just, it was horrible. <laughs> and that's the thing. So all the people from LA listening to this, like, I could see why people like it. <laughs> I just was like this desert feeling. I, it was so foreign to me. Because like I said, I've always been coastal. Mm-hmm. Like I was born in Hong Kong. I grew up on Long Island right next to New York City. Like I was only a couple miles away from the border. So like I've always been like near a giant water source. So I'm used to humidity. I'm used to like all the grossness that comes with it. And then desert, I was like. oh.
1: So it was pretty dry when I went to Palm Springs uh, and Joshua Tree. Like national park, but when I went to San Diego, is you know a little bit more humid. Same thing with mm-hmm. Encinitas and um, you know uh, La Jolla, San Clemente, and um, just Carlsbad in general. And I don't know. One of the things that I noticed, right? I mean, I didn't notice the homeless homelessness in La Jolla, but I totally noticed it when I was in Pacific Beach. Uh, and then I just noticed this really fun community when I was in ocean beach, you know, like around the San Diego area and, uh, yeah, it's it, like California gets a bad rap all the time, but it, it like the people, like, so people are, they talk about like a lot of people are moving out, but the people who are staying are the people who really want to be there and are the most fun in the world. So like, shout out to I everyone. believe that. Shout out to everyone who's still living there. You guys are the best.
0: (laughs) For reference, this is May 11th, 2021. (laughs) Because I have no idea when this will go live. (laughs) So yeah. But no, like for people that love California, I'm glad you have a happy place. And I'm glad it brings you joy. It is just not my joy. And I'm sure many of you say the same about New York.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of the uh westerners complain about the uh the eastern cold. You know, I call the west coast the west, uh, the best coast and I call the east coast the beast coast cuz you kind of got to be badass to live out here. <laughs> 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 That's good. You know you're badass.
0: I think it's kind of like a mix of high strung as well. I really feel like just like New York's a high strung city, which I thrive off of. I'm like great. Yeah.
1: But LA, yeah, no. Like, the ones that are born here are super relaxed, but the people who move here, which is majority like the transplants, very hustle and bustle, you know, they're like, you know, don't take notice, not the friendliest, they're always pushy, like going around, um, but when you find a true New Yorker like myself, like I was born in um, Brookdale Hospital, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in Brooklyn, yeah, East New York, you know, and uh yeah, you'll find people like us really chill. So, like, what you see on this podcast is like what you can expect if, you, if you're if a local, if you're lucky enough.
0: Exactly. Talk to the people <laughs> working at the restaurants. Because most of the time, they're the locals. Because yeah. like you said, all the people that move in are hustle and bustle and trying to make it big.
1: Oh, yeah. And they do. People really do move here and they get successful and then they just go back out. They watch Friends. And they have like two years and the two-year plan. And uh, they do good for themselves, you know?
0: <laughs> What's the two-year plan?
1: Oh, they, they get here for two years, see how they like it. I mean, like, it's really expensive. They make a lot of money. And they're like, yeah, built a good career for myself. I'll take it back home or wherever next.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I never heard of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little local thing, you know? Like some people say, it's, uh, it's a little, little lesser known.
0: Now, yeah, like my community was either the immigrants or the like the super italian side Mm -hmm. that like off at the tip of the island because you know where the five towns is ish like and if you don't google it it's very fascinating the culture of the five (laughs) towns uh it has its own wikipedia page but like when you look this
1: reminds me of the quad cities like in illinois and iowa wait where's the Five Towns.
0: Right on the tip of Long Island next to the city. It's, like, right by JFK. I think JFK... Oh, no, is okay, simply like, in the city.
1: Like, a, like by Astoria? And, further out. Uh, Flush, Flush Meadows? Okay, so a little further.
0: Like, it is... Oh, here, we have the internet in front of us. Let me Google this real fast. <laughs> the Five Towns. It's Hewlett Bay. Hewlett... No, that's the Hewlett's. Okay. It's Lawrence. It's Cedarhurst. It's Woodmere. It's Inwood. So, the thing I like to talk about is... If you've seen the movie Goodfellas, it was filmed in the five towns.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Henry Hill.
0: (laughs) Maybe. That's the thing. I'm also really bad about geography in general. Like, I can I've been all over New York. I pulled up a map one day, it had the little monuments on it. I was like, oh, been there, 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 there. The only place I haven't been is Harlem yet. But do I know how to get there? Do I know the relativeness of anything? No. Montauk Point is the very far end of the island, and JFK is the other.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. <laughs> That's all I know. One has plans, one has boats.
0: <laughs> so true. That's such a good way to say it. Oh. Uh, there was something else I can't remember. I was going to ask your opinion about. Because it's not that often I talk to like people from New York anymore. Okay. That are like our age, I should say. So if I think of it again, I'll bring it up. Because I'm sure people are so thriving about more New Yorkers talking about New York. <laughs> oh wait, I remember now. So those who are over it, you can hold on. <laughs> so when we were growing up, because like you're, you said, you're 31, I'm 27. We're around the same age. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that life all took place in New York? Basically, like when I, because I moved out of New York like in high school or right before high school, and that's when I noticed like the world is so different. I thought the whole world was New York. Why? in our consciousness forming ages, what was TV?
1: Oh, what was TV? Um, I don't remember. I remember hearing New York, New York a lot, like at the end of every single like credits and publication. Uh, (laughs) Like, I don't like, Oh, I don't even remember TRL. Like TRL was like right in times square. Every Mm -hmm. New Year's Times Square. Like, you know, watching the ball drop. New York was, like, a huge part of it, centralized.
0: Friends, Will and Grace, Seinfeld, The Nanny. Oh, yeah. All of TV took place in New York. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: that's why I I referenced uh, Friends before. Totally.
0: So, I just never knew, like... Okay, because you've lived there basically your whole life up Uh there still. Like, did you ever notice, like that was such a cultural, like, big thing in, like, the media world and just, like, the news in general. Because also, like, yeah, 9-11 happened, and that brought more attention to New York, and...
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, um... I mean... Yeah, television at the time, or I want to say, like, modern television, I mean, that could be anywhere between the 60s and now. But, (laughs) like... (laughs) Yeah, there's always a focus in New York, and definitely uh, 9-11 was was a huge impact. I mean, um, my mom was almost like missing in action at the time. She worked uh, in 111 Wall Street in, for, for Citibank, and she stayed overnight. She couldn't leave. Um, she stayed in her, her office that night. So, like, yeah, that totally freaked my family out. She was fine, thank God. Uh, and, and like, but everyone had like, the whole country had a focus on New York City at the time. And what I noticed between my childhood and now is the fact that, like, a lot of offices or office, like companies moved out, but a lot of like, and then the real estate kind of tanked. So it was like, somewhat more affordable and maybe like things were getting redeveloped. I mean, yeah, with the destruction, I mean, you got things like the, um, the Westfield that were built up after the fact Um, a lot of commercial kind of institutions moved in and just like encouraged tourism. So the entire city changed, it became so much friendlier, like where there was like, it was like kind of crime ridden a little bit, you know, it's rough to say people don't want to acknowledge it but things really cleaned up and so many more people moved and are now living in Manhattan Island where it just used to be like a commercial area for like offices and office jobs now it's a lot of residency and, and it's I friendlier. hear yeah, it really is. I hear that
0: it might have been it might be changing again back because of the pandemic cuz everyone fled New York.
1: Um okay, so this <laughs> this is a weird thing that we referenced before with like a lot of people moving out of California. Um, and then I, I, I'll specifically say it's Hollywood. You know, like right mm-hmm. now I live in Sunset Park and there's a new Hollywood studio that's moving in down, uh, you know, I live on Fifth Avenue. They're moving into First Avenue and they're going to employ 6,000 people. And there's been Hollywood studios moving into Red Hook and other parts of uh, Brooklyn. So, um, yeah, it's just, like, a a lot of development, a lot of people moving in.
0: (laughs) It's always fascinating, people, from sociology in general of any major, or not even major, just any city in general. Mm -hmm. Like Omaha. I'm sure there's up and downs up there. But we would never know until we go to those little museums that they have in all their towns, cities, and fun facts. So, like... Time Time said earlier, go explore. Go to the places no one knows and learn and then spread it around because we will want to know <laughs> even if we don't want to go. So we recently spoke about how you began to do readings for people. Like for the people that don't know like the jargon of everything, can you please describe what that means and like all of that?
1: Okay, so there's like many different types of readings. Uh, there's like like ayurvedic type of readings there's astrological type of readings tarot um i do something that's called cards of life and it's one of those questions like what came first the chicken or the egg uh for some reason for some reason the playing cards right they have like a number and a suit and each one of them has a meaning and each playing card is associated with a certain birthday and of course there's 53 cards there's 365 days um there's multiple cards that reoccur for for certain birthdays. uh, And each card has like a meaning for someone's life. And it it, it ties into astrology. It ties into numerology. Uh, It somehow tells like, you know, where the stars are on the day that you're born and where they will be like in your, you know, adolescence, early adulthood, middle age, elderly years. And those types of years that i'm describing are very distinctive and they involve like a life-changing process and based where the stars are they give you like like they have like a gravity or like a pull so this playing card tells what your natural inclinations are based on your development throughout your entire life so you could tell like your past present and future uh based on those
0: awesome Now, okay, so you basically, what'd you call it again, like a life deck?
1: Yeah, like Cards of Life. Cards of Life. Cards of Destiny is how they're described.
0: Okay, and you said there's how many cards in the deck?
1: 53.
0: Okay, I thought 353, and then you said 365. I was like, oh my god, that's such a heavy deck to carry around.
1: It's 365 days, so 53 cards, a little bit of reoccurring stuff. Which is fine.
0: Like, no one wants you to lug around like a weaponizable hunk of cards. Honestly, like, if you have three hundred fifty cards, like, that's a good like swing. But <laughs> so,
1: the most deceiving thing about it, right, is that I like they're based on the cards, but I don't actually use cards. I just use a chart that tells you like the the date and the month that you're born in to give you um, that says which card you are, and then based on that number and suit. Is is like how I begin to like not just narrate but have like a dialogue as to what the reading is all about. That makes a
0: lot of sense actually. Cause it's like you said it's like it's like astrology, like when you do your star charts. Yeah. It's absolutely. all about although I don't think you're going as specific as time,
1: but day you are, at least. So astrology is pretty crazy because sometimes like it could be, you know, like of course you have like the um, astrology section of your local newspaper, which is like you know, on the month or it tells you what you're going through by the day, but you can get down to the hour or or like you know every two hours. It you know there's apps like CoStar and uh, Pattern, and they're they're really good for telling fortunes. I recommend those, and I have no qualms for recommending any other discipline of reading because I feel that they all translate to the same thing. Basically, like you're reading the person in front of you, you're not like just looking at the stars or looking at the past or the future, or like some or the cars, or if you're doing tea leaves or whatever it is,
0: it's how you interpret the energy,
1: yeah, and the person in front of you. So, like, if they're as good as I am, <laughs> they'll all tell you the same thing, it's just you,
0: yeah, which yeah. I fully, fully also back because I don't know if you know, but I do a bunch of panels when we go to the conventions on like tarot and all these like divination techniques and all that stuff mm-hmm. and fun. So like we always have a skeptic that comes and I think it's the most fun thing ever because I'm like, all right, have a seat. Cool. <laughs> and then because I always have co-panelists because it's always fun to have a co-panelist when you talk to hundreds and hundreds of people live. Um, I'm like, cool. Each of us are going to do a spread for you and we'll see mm-hmm. how it matches up. And like, we'll do, and like, we're shuffling for like 30 minutes. Cause we're like at the beginning of the thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. We usually have a very similar message. Look uh... out for the next like blank months in your future. We can't tell you what's going to happen, but all three of us figured it out. And we also, and like, people are like, oh, like you cheated. And we're like, we've been shuffling for 40 minutes in front of all of you while we spoke.
1: <laughs>
0: we are not Yu-Gi-Oh! cutting like thin edges off the cards. Because as we went over in the PowerPoint, like, we don't want to get cursed by the energies of the deck. Like, if you mm. believe that all that stuff, like, you know, there's so many things. and But that's, like, exactly what you're saying. It's about the interpreting the energy and the person in front of you. And as long as you have a competent person, whatever medium, medium you are going to get pretty much a similar answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had all types of people of all faiths or lack of faith, you know, whether you're like an atheist or you're like like a hardcore Catholic or whatever. And they say, like, oh, I don't know if I believe in the cards or like whatever this is. And I just tell them, like, hey, look, you know, um, whatever the science behind it, whether it's physics backed or not, uh, it's very therapeutic and it allows the person to talk about their inner workings and it's a lot like a meditation. So it's very revealing in the sense of the subject matter that we're talking about, which is like the person. So whether you look at it as if there's like some kind of divine or cosmic uh, message in there, or whether you're just revealing stuff about your life and taking the time to focus on your sense of self, you do get something out of it. And um no matter what you, your beliefs are, like, as long as you participate in the moment, you 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 do get something out of it. It's like whatever you put in.
0: Yeah. And again, anyone that's like competent in or adequate or decent, honestly, in like all these different forms, all say very, very similar things to what you're saying. Like Teresa mm-hmm. Caputo, Long Island medium. She's always like, it's not my job to make you believe. I'm just here to deliver a message and it's going to, heal you or you ignore it. But the intent is it's there. It's the message. You got it. Do what you want with it. And so, yeah, it's just very similar to what you're saying. So, yeah, it's exciting that when you hear consistency, that's when you could believe it's true.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I also find, um, okay, so this is a crazy part that's very significant and unique to, like, Chime Time or my brand is the fact that I do not accept any currency um, or monetary like, you know, like dollars or colonies or, you know, a bot, like whatever currency like can be exchanged, I do not accept it. Um, I do this a little bit of the kindness of my heart. People do offer me like, you know, services, like they'll put me up. Uh, They'll like offer me things like Hypnotherapy, chiropractic adjustment—you know, like wh- whatever it is they want to offer me—I do appreciate. Um, it's just like a like a nice thing that I like to do. <laughs> yeah, and and I do it mostly for my friends. It's very exclusive. Um, you got to either be within my circles or circles of circles, and it helps build my network. It's very beneficial for me and beneficial for the people that I'm reading. It protects me because, like, people are very interested. I don't get people who are uninterested or fake or disingenuine. Um, The whole program and practice I do is very balanced, and it might not be typical of what um, other people do who are reading, whether they do it as a career or uh, just for fun or anything. Like, I I, I take it seriously, but uh, people take me seriously, and that really helps me out.
0: I fully get what you're saying, yeah. Because people <laughs> always tell me because like when I go to conventions and I like do the panel, people are like my friends are meanwhile like pulling people aside, like, oh, they said they'll give you five bucks if you do a reading. I'm like, why would I make them pay? First of all, no one has cash anymore at conventions. <laughs> like I'm yeah, not wasting like I'll does. just do it quickly and get out of my life so I could go do something else. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. If you see us me at a convention, I'm assuming you too, and you see us, please come say hi. We like to talk. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I'm a little I'm a little picky, like uh, <laughs> or shy or, or something. Uh, how do I put it? Um, oh yeah. So like, I don't take money because uh, for one of the big reasons is that I don't want to be influenced to change my schedule or pressured to do something or be in a place where it like kind of changes how I feel or pressured um, or like if I want to rest, I want to rest, you know, it doesn't influence me too much. I like to keep my freedom and freedom of expression and freedom of influence. So like, basically what I do is like very, very pure, you know, and, and of course, you know, um, like act uh, like active service, like it, it still is like a community. thing,
0: And just such refreshing to hear because most of what people hear these days t- is like marketing 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 i'm making a business i'm on a side hustle i don't know if you have those people on your facebook too but i see it every day like
1: oh, yeah. uh, giving
0: out free readings but i also see like like two people like i'm bored i'm going on facebook live someone sent me a question such a different it's such uh extremes on the spectrum It's so yeah. rare that you see someone in
1: the middle it's, it's hard because I do have to work a day job. Like I said, I work for the federal government um, and I make my money that way. And, um, and I mean, it's not, it's not like I feel too pressured to share the wealth, but I feel like it does uh, bring me good karma, <laughs> as greedy as that sounds. Um, and uh, I work really hard so that I can be as thoughtful as I am. Like I, I work, I work hard outside of that, so I can maintain this kind of lifestyle and I practice.
0: Nothing but respect. It's just really—it's <laughs> so interesting to hear, like when people oh, talk about their passions and all that stuff. But because I brought it up, I guess I should mention it. Um, so, Reframe is a group of panelists that are devoted to providing diverse, entertaining, and informative programs for any type of venue. Our mission, our because, like, I founded the group and it's all the people I panel with. So our mission is to deliver exceptional and thought-provoking panels that will expand attendees' views from a fresh new perspective. They have expertise in media literacy, mental health, fine and performing arts, library science, public policy, geek culture, and more. Find out more at reframecons.wordpress.com. That is R-E-F. R-A-M-E-C-O-N-S dot WordPress dot com. And that's my plug, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. But, okay, so I know you don't, like, read traditional decks, so I'm not sure how the rest of the questions are going to go, but (sighs) is that the only type of, like, methodology and divination that you do?
1: So, um, I'm really, I'm specific, but when I do need something that's, like, even more specific, like, I'll turn to uh, dowsers or dowsing, and um, it's basically, they hold a pendulum, and they can have, like, a chart that has, like, numbers or letters Mm -hmm. or um, different informations about, like, uh, what kind of um, energy somebody has or, like, different levels of happiness. Sometimes it's good to like whatever question you ask them, like they use like kind of their, the energy within their body to move this pendulum to like, uh, all the different options on the page, like that are relevant to what the answers to your question, uh, would be. And that is really specific. And that is like more specific or right to the specific answer. Like basically I, I give like, you know, areas of focus, but they, they are like after data. So I definitely recommend housing if you're looking for, um, like a, a really clear and concise answer instead of a dialogue. Um, sometimes it helps to talk things over, right? So that you can process. yeah absolutely but like if if you're like a really technical person yeah dowsing is the way to go and that really um would help me if i ever got to like a dead end and i needed help um i like i said before all the other like divinations um or disciplines in reading like they should all really get you to the same space and the Mm -hmm. same answers so
0: is dousing that you're talking about the same thing as, like, dousing rods and, like, finding water sources and just, like, finding
1: things? It's related to that energy. It's, um, yeah, yeah so, some kind of, like, um, you know, chemical connection w- within the body that relates to, like, whatever the um, chemical makeup of the pendulum is is comprised of as well as like the rods and looking for different, you know, energies of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's related science. I don't know too much about the science, but I did uh, have a dowser approach me and I was able to ask them questions. Right. Uh, that like the, the questions were so vague, but the chart that they had moved around to answers that only I would know. Uh, And there was like no question or doubt that uh, of the validity of their work. Uh, This is when I was a little bit more speculative. I still am a little bit more speculative. I I get read way less than I provide reading. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course I could, I could read myself. So, um, so, and I, and I know, I know how good I am. And um, I've had stories. I, I had a very, very, very wealthy. Um, I don't want to call him a client. Uh, I don't want to call him patient either. But I have a very wealthy individual that said, "Hey, look, like I, I, I get that you don't take money, um, and that's very interesting. And that's what interests me. Interests me in you. But I'm really wealthy, and I've paid some of the best readers in the world to to give me the answers. What makes you think you're so good?" And I said, "You know, the same thing I've been saying uh, this whole interview is, or podcast." Is that, like, if they're as good as I am, they should give you the same answer. And after I gave him his reading, he's like, this is the third time I've gotten identical reading. Like, spot on. So he's like, I really believe in it now. How could I not? Um, I I mean, I don't want to encourage you to go to many, many people. (laughs) Maybe that's a good idea. um, But... If that's what you need, then that's good. If, if that's not what you need, then um, you have what you have. Or you have what you need. already. The
0: universe provides for all that you need in whatever it, form it
1: really, you probably believe. It really does. And I like to say that um, it takes every single card in the deck to shape the one person. And it takes every single card um, to shape the rest of the world, which is the deck. So... Um, it's like an all for one, one for all kind of concept.
0: Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, yeah, your pendulum that you or do you own a pendulum to use for it?
1: Uh, I don't. The dowser encouraged me, he said that I had the abilities to, to use one, and mm-hmm. I've run with it in a different method. Um, but I guess uh, eventually I'll purchase one. And, uh, okay, because I was going to
0: ask what material because I have an amethyst pendulum.
1: Oh so the pendulum that i was read with was um it was like many different colored elements that were like many different rocks that were like oh uh, it's, it's like, like, the like rainbow was it like the chakra yeah, lines very much so okay similar yeah i bet
0: yeah i've seen similar-esque things it might be the same neither of us can know because <laughs> i'm gonna describe it horribly sounds like what you're saying though it's like aligned with like the seven chakras of the body because it's like the rainbow colors. I think a red's your top. No, throat's yeah, like blue. The, so it's
1: crown, it goes, you know, like sacrum. Yeah. crown, third
0: eye, throat, chest, stomach. Oh, sacral. You know, the fact that I know six of them, with I'm the root, Yeah. Root. <laughs> look at us. We did it together. But yeah, they're all like reds at the bottom, purples at the top, RG Biv up. Uh <laughs> was the last time people heard Reggie Biv, but um, yeah. So do you own any like actual traditional decks? Like what you people normally think, like you pull out a tarot, you pull out Oracle cards or is um, all just like your
1: chart. I just have business cards in this household. Uh, I do use <laughs> business. I use business cards. Uh, <laughs> no, I, um, playing cards are wonderful but i use a chart that that tells me like like um the month and the day and that like in phase one i i do my readings in three phases and i can tell you what uh like the number and the suit really mean and i could do an interpretation of how the different cards interact or the different suits um you know, like, and I'll ask for a family member's birthday, and you know, like, I'll read a family member or a loved one right in front of the person, whether they're there or not. Mm-hmm. And it, it's been really surprising. People have been shocked. They're like, whoa, that's so accurate. Like, you know, my parents, too, you know, here. Uh, so I do that in the first phase one reading, and then in phase two, I read a description from sevenreflections.com, and uh, that is really expertly written by the pros. Um, and then I use the, in a phase, in the phase three, I reread the same exact description and I give custom input and uh, questions based off of my personal insight or what I see or what I've seen in my experiences. It's a little bit more than you would get if you went to the website by yourself. Um, and I do the readings multiple times. So, like, if I have anybody who said, you know, like, come back to me when you're ready or whatever. And I give the same exact reading every single time. But it always ends up being different because the person else has progressed. And like I said mm-hmm. before, like, even if you don't really believe in the uh, science or magic behind it, it's very therapeutic. People are self-revealing and it allows the, themselves to re- self-reflect. And usually when people age, you know, they... Um, they get to know each other themselves a little bit better, and uh, every meditation is better and better. Like as you grow older, like uh, there is somewhat of a progression going on there.
0: <laughs> it's the life journey. The life journey everyone's on developmentally, psychologically, mystically, energy wise. Like there's a journey everyone's on. Try your best. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to share about like this topic specifically? Like you already said that like, you don't really care about skeptics, but like, is there anything that you would just like people to know about like your practice specifically?
1: Um, so my practice specifically, um, I find that only people are who are ready to be read could ever be read. And I mean, like that goes without saying, like, if you're motivated to pursue something, Uh, you'll pursue something and you won't do it like a minute sooner. Um, I also find that like these readings are like more of people's natural inclinations. They're not necessarily uh, definitive of who they are. And Mm -hmm. that's where, where it kind of becomes like uh, a little bit traumatic is that like natural inclinations are kind of like swimming down river or going with the flow. If you go against your natural inclinations, it's almost like swimming up river and having more of a harder time. So what I find is like that uh, these readings kind of give ideas on what you could do and it inspires people to like maybe see what they're doing wrong and pursue an alternative and, or experiment or explore. And that could be better. Um, so yeah, that, that would be like the last thing I would like to uh, share about my readings in general. Uh, other than that, I feel like I've said it all or enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So that ends our official question portion. Now we move on to the rapid fire questions. And for those who are new, rapid fire questions, is really just questions that I ask all the guests that come on here. I don't share them beforehand. Like I do the other ones. So people could think of these excellent eloquent answers, but yeah. <laughs> so this is just meant to be like this or that. Answer as fast as you can and as honestly as you can. And yeah, I believe in you. You ready? Yes. What are your chosen coping skills?
1: Oh, chosen coping skills. Um, Oh, I'm a planner. Google Google Calendar. You know, like I, I plan things in advance. I kind of know a little bit of what I'm doing. I'm really good at my feet. But uh, definitely being a good planner helps me a lot.
0: <laughs> that makes sense because you're so busy. Uh, <laughs> pick a side, Lancaster or York?
1: Um, oh, man, I'm from New York, but um, I mean, Lancaster sounds like Pennsylvania or something. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd say Lancaster.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Where do you stand
0: on the Oxford
1: comma? Uh, I use it sometimes. I use it in uh, Facebook posts. I only post uh, post to uh, private social media. I like the, pri- uh, the Oxford comma when I have a run- run-on sentence going on, but I don't feel it's appropriate to separate sentences. Like, it's got to be one flowing message. So that, that's where the Oxford comma comes in clutch. Otherwise, I'm not about it. <laughs>
0: wow, you're the first person to say they're not about it. Okay. Oh, no,
1: I'm I'm about it when it's purposeful, but like when it when it lacks purpose, it's use something else. <laughs> Cause I mean it's hard. Like not everyone uses it, like not everyone's familiar with it. I feel like it's a little bit easier if you provide something that people can relate to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if I told you to bring a pie to pie day, what kind of pie would you bring?
1: Mmm. I'm one of those people that's really guilty of, uh, giving gifts that I would like. (laughs) So, uh, I like pecan and, uh, coconut, uh, cream. (laughs) Pecan's winning. (laughs) It is. Everyone wants to bring pecan.
0: (laughs) What is an innocent phrase that you mistakenly or subconsciously weaponized?
1: Weaponized? Um, probably like something simple, like the word yes or no. (laughs) <laughs> like, like oh yeah. So when I when I had like uh, enough of somebody, like I'll just answer yes or no. So that's pretty weaponized.
0: Yeah. What's a trend that went too far?
1: Oh, um, this is funny. So I've been go- showing my age again, uh, and we were talking about anime conventions. Uh, I saw a post the other day about Otakon, like like two 2000- thousand. 12 or something about that and there was a sign and it said no vuvuzelas and it was the year of like the world cup where like there's vuvuzelas on like the world cup recording and all you heard was these weird noise going "Mm -hmm." (laughs) i think that was a trend that went too far (laughs) like it caused a stir at even. i don't even know what that is it's like one of those like horns that people blow uh like Soccer games. <laughs> are they like the
0: really, really long ones that the frat guys use?
1: Yes. Oh. No. So they were all over Europe, you know, uh, for the World Cup, and or maybe no, it was the. I think they were playing in Brazil, so it was huge in Brazil, and it was super aggravating. And you could you could hardly hear the announcers. All you could hear is all these horns because so many people are happy to be there. So it was like a part <laughs> of happiness, but it caused people very. uh much upsetness so i think that's like a trend that went too far
0: all right if you could rule an established country or territory
1: in this world where and why oh my gosh if i could rule um oh that's so hard uh (laughs) because i would want to be like loved by whatever people i'm ruling uh i mean i feel like i would do a good job uh, I would need a people that were really kind and loving because uh, I would need all the help I could get. <laughs> Pro- preferably somewhere that's tropical. Um, yeah, I'm 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 100 Puerto Rican, and uh, I feel like that's in my blood. <laughs> all right, so I'm going with
0: Puerto Rico for you.
1: Okay, yeah, let's do Puerto Rico. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs>
0: Um, If you were the pageant contestant or large platform holder, what would your philanthropy or cause be?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, That's really difficult because, I mean, I do commit a lot of my life and finances to philanthropy uh but I, it's my own program uh like i feel like i'd have to commit it to somebody else i think people would be upset if i could just give it to myself uh and i don't really need any more money than i need already so um, um that's crazy because like one of the reasons why i do what i do is because of accountability because like i um i know exactly where my time and money are going I'm, I'm like a bit of a skeptic myself. Uh, I don't know if I could even answer that question.
0: <laughs> well, I would like to point out something interesting.
1: Uh-huh. You said it was a hard question
0: because that just goes to show how nice of a person you are.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. Because <laughs> other
0: people, they know what they're they, they only care about one thing and that's what they're going with. Oh, no or at way. least that's how I see it. But you look like, oh, there's so many. <laughs> Ooh, look at you. All right, what yeah. Avatar Nation would you come from?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, I mean, like, I am, like, an otaku or into animation. So there's, like, the what, the Fire Nation, the wind, water, and... Uh... Fire
0: Nation, the Earth Kingdom, the Air Nomads, and the Water Tribe.
1: So, fun fact, um, I was born astrologically where my moon, uh rising and sun sign are all fire. So I'm a triple fire. So I would have to go with the Fire Nation. <laughs> all
0: right. It's very interesting how people come up with the answer for that because everyone comes up with the answer for that very differently.
1: <laughs> <I bet>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who would you who would play you in the documentary and movie about your life?
1: Oh my gosh. Um so I was told like watch look if I pull my hair back I look like Vin Diesel. <laughs> so if he, if he, if you got like a young Vin Diesel like uh and and he was like suddenly really skinny. That's that he would play me. <laughs> Is Vin Diesel tall? Um I don't know. Uh, I don't know at all. I don't even know what his ethnicity is, but a lot of people say I look like him. And, and I I've, I've took a photo one time where I was sitting in the car, and it kind of looked badass. A lot like uh, The Fast and the Furious.
0: Take the compliment. If people compare you to Hollywood, like you know that you are
1: oh, visually yeah. aesthetic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and last one. What's your ideal five minutes of fame?
1: Oh, ideal five minutes of fame is just not anything controversial at all. Um, it'd probably be like um probably just with my family. Like that's <laughs> so easy going. They'd just be like, Good job, you know, you graduated or you got a promotion. <laughs> just just wow. like 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 a happy birthday is like all I could ever really want. <laughs> Wow, that is so low key. <laughs> you, you Even you made it one more year. You did it again. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Um, humble and giving is I guess the characteristics we're going to get from you tonight <laughs> because you can't pick a philanthropy. You only want like medi- not mediocre. Uh mild praise <laughs> for mild events like like look and you're just here to give your services to the world in purity and all those other uh, fun adjectives you said. <laughs> like, all right, so you might be the purest guest <laughs> that we've had <laughs> on here so far.
1: <laughs> right on. I'm about it. Awesome.
0: All right. So really fast. If you were to describe your YouTube channel, like Chime Time there, what exa- what kind of content are you push- not pushing out there, but putting out there?
1: Oh, my gosh. So I wish my channel was I- – I contemplated renaming my channel Chime Time. But my channel is called uh, Hoontron and uh what a hoon is is in australian it means to be like a show-off which is contrary to what i'm describing myself as and then (laughs) tron is like a a robot so it means like uh the show-off robot and it is a totally different different demographic from my readings it has to do with like racing and motorsports which is like my other background uh where i like film like most of my fans and subscribers are usually the people who are in the cars and want to see themselves like, they're on like a very amateur or semi-pro level that wouldn't really be the uh, limelight anywhere else. So I volunteer. I get free admission to the racetrack as long as I film. put it on YouTube. And um, it's interesting because like my two worlds are integrating little by little. Like, I'm coming out to one family and then coming out to the other family and be like, hey, I race cars. Hey, I do card readings. And it's been working out so far. It's still new to me. But um, yeah, that channel is called Hoontron, H-O-O-N-T-R-O-N. And you can see all kinds of racing stuff. Um, One last little thing was uh, during the pandemic when everything was shut down uh, and a lot of YouTube channels weren't broadcasting anything, I started a cooking show called Cooking Avenue because there was nothing else I could film. And it was, like, a show for just, like, my little friends on Facebook. And uh, it was really enjoyable. Like, I'll I'll do some more someday. But it's it's mostly racing, that channel. (laughs) So the cooking show is on
0: the channel, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. The little cooking avenue with Chime Time. (laughs) Look
0: at that. You really did just (laughs) take the world by storm in the most pure way possible. (laughs) Got to bring it all back. All right, so... We are winding down. Is there anything you would like to say to the masses of the world listening?
1: Um, oh, man. I really wish I would be insightful, but it's it's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see if I can think of anything. Um, yeah, so my my send out is uh, live to love, chime time. That's always my been my mantra. So as long as you do that, you sh- will be fine. <laughs>
0: Well, live to love, live long and prosper. I don't know. I'm horrible at sending off. So I'll let you say the final words again.
1: Live to love, chime time.
0: (laughs) And thank you, everyone, and have a good night. And thank
1: you.